Hey everyone, it's Sam from West Virginia Overtime, and I haven't heard from you guys in a while. Still putting up things every day that can possibly be of interest to any of you, whether you're a player, a parent, or a coach, uh, putting up free clinics that are taking place for coaches, but I'm also uh, trying to put up some things that will interest the players. Um there was a free clinic last week talking about how players can turn into leaders. And so it was actually for middle school and high school kids and how you can become a leader on your team. So make sure that you're still checking West Virginia Overtime, both Twitter and uh, Facebook. Now, I'm putting up mostly most motivational quotes and different pictures that you guys send in on Instagram. Uh, really haven't been putting up too much clinic stuff over on Instagram yet, but still want to keep you guys informed. Now, while there's no sports going on, I still want to continue the podcast and kind of pick topics that don't go into the X's and O's. Now, I may occasionally do a show where I do pick a topic and go into basic X's and O's. Like, I did the podcast on the five different shooting myths that are out there and why they're actual myths. Um, But I tried to do it in a way that a player could listen to it and it helped them or a parent could listen to it or any age group of coach whether you're you know coaching midget leaguers or you're coaching high school so I know a lot of you that are high school coaches that have a lot of experience these podcasts may not be for you they they may be something you want to pick up and listen to just kind of as a reminder podcast, but I want to make sure that they talk about a wide ranging thing. So that's kind of what I'm talking about tonight on this particular uh, episode. I wanted to talk, I had been attending a virtual online basketball coaching clinic But I actually saw a presentation done by Adam Gordon, and he's from Rising Coaches. And I wanted to kind of take some of the notes that I took from that presentation and make it more general. Talk about it with you players, you parents and you coaches that are out there. And it's about networking and how to present yourself, how to promote yourself. And I know that a lot of you are thinking, well, how does this pertain to players? Because players don't really network. Well, the thing is, players should. They need to network with each other from other schools and teams because, number one, you never know who you're going to be on an AAU team or a travel team. You never know whose family is going to get transferred and they may end up, you may end up playing with them in high school. You may end up playing with them at college or 
you may actually just meet someone that becomes a lifelong friend and can help you further down the road as far as getting a job or getting an internship or something like that. So networking for players is also important. So let's kind of talk a little bit about networking. Networking is just a fancy buzzword that people use for kind of making relationships. And let's just face it, playing sports is kind of like a relationship business as far as that's what makes sports so fun. It's the relationships that you build. You build with your teammates, you build with your coaches, coaches build with other coaches, uh, coaches build with referees, parents build with coaches, or parents build with other players or other parents. And so we want to make sure that we take good relationships and we keep them. And so we need to look at the current relationships that we have and see what is truly worth our relationship in our current relationships. Parents, are you great friends with other parents that are good for you and good for your your kids? Or are you in relationships where you've got this complaining parent that is kind of a cancer to the team and brings you down, brings everybody down, and and even brings their, their own kid down? You know, players, you need to look at the same thing. What are my relationships with my teammates? What are my friendships with kids from other schools? What are my relationships with parents? What are my relationships with, like with other coaches and my own coach? And, and we need to make sure that in this time of the coronavirus pandemic that we keep those current relationships going. And we're going to talk about how we do that. But we want to have a relationship that's genuine. And when we form a new relationship, a new person that we're going to have contact with, we need to make sure that it's genuine. We don't want to be fake. Uh, We want to make sure that we're ourselves. Because here's the thing. I think everybody, whether you're a player, a parent, a coach, we've all been kind of snookered, for lack of a better word, where we've found this person that we think is really cool, we want to hang out with, we want to be friends, we want to talk, and then we found out, Oh, they're fake. This is not really who they are. You know, they they told me they're all into grinding about baseball constantly. And then as I kind of build some kind of relationship or, or friendship with them, I find out, oh, they 
don't want to grind on baseball. They want to play video games. They want to sleep in. Um, you know, they're not a good student. They told me they were they were into school like I was, and 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 they're not. Um, you know, they they like to go out and stay out to two in the morning because their parents let them or whatever. The thing is, there are people like you everywhere. And you need to find people that are not going to be fake and that they are like you and what you want to do. And that goes for coaches too. Coaches, if you're hearing me, you need to make sure that you're forming relationships, whether it be with your assistant coaches, whether it be with your head coach, whether it be with other coaches in the community or in the state or in the nation. You want to make sure that they're not being fake, that they kind of have the same values and beliefs that you have. No, they don't have to run the same system you do. You know, um, if you're a football coach and you're talking to another football coach and um, they're running um, the uh, power, well, they don't have to run power offense. They may run the triple threat offense or something like that, or triple option, sorry. Triple threat is basketball. Triple triple option offense that Air Force runs. Well, you can still have a relationship, and you guys will learn from each other and grow from being around each other. That's not what I mean as far as choosing someone that has the same skill set as you. I'm saying you want to choose a relationship that you're going to get something out of, that you're both going to grow, that you're both going to learn, you're both going to experience things. And you always want to be yourself. I mean, all of us have been around at one point or another, some place where you feel like you can't be yourself, that you have to act. You have to um, maybe dress a certain way or use certain words or or whatever. And you don't want to have to do that as a player or as a parent or as a coach. And you want to pay attention when you're forming a relationship about what they're doing, what they're saying, and how they're acting. You know, the old old saying is, your actions speak louder than your words. Well, you know, when you're looking for someone, you want to find out how they're acting and how they are seen in the community and, and make sure that you're paying attention to how they treat others. You know, if I'm a parent and I'm looking to bond with a parent Maybe that's on a, a different team because, you know, our kids run in the same circles. I see them all the time at different tournaments or I uh, we go to a lot of the same seven-on-seven seven, uh, camps our kids do or, you know, they're going to the same college or whatever. As a parent, I want to pay attention to not only how they treat their kid, but how do they treat coaches? How how do they treat their spouse or who they're dating or, or whatever? Pay attention to what people are doing. And people really love to talk about themselves. 
So let them talk about themselves. Let them tell you who they are, what they feel, what what do they believe, and, and everything. And then you always want to treat everyone with respect, but you kind of also want to look and see, are they treating everyone with respect? And then when you build this new relationship, this new friendship, you bond with a new teammate, you bond with a new coach, or whatever, make sure that if you meet them, at a game, um, or you meet them if you're a coach at a coaching clinic, or um, maybe your conference has a meeting and there's a new coach there and you you uh, meet them at the new conference meeting. Always make sure you follow up. And I guess that's something I have totally learned from my own players, is I see them, you know, going to games and they play hard, and maybe they're guarding someone. Well, because they stay after, or there's another game at our place, or something like that, they, a lot of times, will exchange information. Whether, you know, it be a phone number, or Facebook name, or Instagram, or Snap, or whatever. I almost always hear of our players following up. Oh, I talked to so-and-so last night. Oh, I hit them up on Snap. I, I texted them. I did this or whatever. And even though it is an electronic connection, maybe they're not hearing their voice. Maybe they're not seeing them through video. Or maybe they're not meeting them, especially right now at a restaurant or something like that. They're still following up in some way in order to say, hey, I, I formed this connection and I kind of want to keep it. Now, do you need to talk to that person every day? No. You know, you, you may talk to them once a month. You may talk to them once every other month. Um, you may hit them up after they have a great game. Um, you know, let's say you meet your player and you meet a player at a game um, and they score 30. Uh, whether it be because they're running back on football or they're, you know, they score 30 in a girls basketball game or, or they pitch a no hitter in softball or, or whatever, you know, you may hit them up and say, Hey, great job. Or you may see through or hear through the grapevine. Hey, um, they didn't play so well. And so you just want to shoot them something, keep your head up. Same thing goes with coaches. You know, I I met a coach at a clinic, and um, you want to to follow up with them, and then you hear that they won a big playoff game, or you know they got to the sectionals, the, the through the sectionals for the first time in eight years. Hit them up. Tell them you know, great job. Just wanted to touch base with you and tell you you know I'm I'm still watching and and I'm glad that you're doing great. You know, parents, same thing. You make a connection, follow up. And then when you hear something that their kid has done or their coach has done or their team has done, hit them up. So you want to make sure that you are paying attention. Now, coaches, I want to talk to you. Because whether you're a midget league coach, you're a middle school coach, you're an AAU coach, you're a travel ball coach, you're a high school coach, whatever, 
you want to make sure that you're really focusing on your players. And I know that a lot of you are thinking, I do. I, I know it's my job. I focus on my players. But do you really? How many of you, you know, coach in a different season that you're really following up with your players right now during this coronavirus pandemic? Did you just send out a group text and you said, hey, I hope you're doing okay. Um, call me if you need me. And you haven't talked to him since. And it's now been five weeks or six weeks. Well, no. By connecting with your players, by networking, by promoting yourself to your players, you need to be there for your players. You need to be touching base with them. Uh, not only as a group and a team, but you should should be kind of individually. Kind of talk to them, talking to their parents. You need to be networking and keeping up with them all year long. You know, maybe you coach track. Well, guess what? During the summer, you need to be talking to them. Hey, are you still training? Are you working out? What's going on? If they have broken their leg in on July 2nd, you should know about it. They shouldn't be telling you about it, you know, the third week of August or the first week of September when you see them at school or you see them at the first football game in the year. You should know what's going on with your players. And so I'm a track coach and it's football season. Well, I want to be involved with my players. I want to go to their football games. I want to go to their, their cheerleading competitions. I want to go to their soccer uh, games. I want to make sure that, number one, they see me cheering them on. They know I care about them. And even if I can't attend every game, I can't attend every match, can't attend whatever, I'm still wanting to call them. I'm still wanting to hit them up and make sure they know that I still care about them. Because coaches, parents are watching how you interact with your players. Coaches, other coaches are watching how you interact with your players. Coaches, principals are watching how you interact with your players. So here's the thing. Not only, coaches, are you doing it because, number one, you care about your players, but other parents who are going to be coming up in your program are watching how you're going to be interacting with their own kid and whether they want their kid around you. But you're also going to have parents from the past that are watching, have you changed? Have you grown? Um, are you still having the same kind of relationships? Because they're going to be talking about you to other parents. They're going to be talking about you in the community. Coaches, you want to make sure other coaches see you interacting with your players, that your players are having fun playing for you and being around you and knowing you care because you never know when that coach is going to put in a good word for you. Maybe they're going to pick you up 
on their schedule next year. Maybe um, there's a coaching job available at their school that you've always wanted to go to. Maybe they you're an assistant coach and, and they have a head coach opening in your sport at their school and they can recommend you. Same thing, you know, principals are looking for you. And if you want to move up or you want to move around or you're a midget league coach and you would eventually like to coach at the middle school or you would like to coach at the high school, well, the principals are watching how you're interacting with your players, but they're also listening to the parents in the community saying, hey, I had a great experience with this person. So, coaches, you want to make sure that you're interacting with your players. But players, same reasoning, you want to interact with your coaches because players, other coaches are watching. You know, how you work, treat, have a relationship with your middle school coach may be your AAU coach or a future AAU coach that you want to get on their team is in the stands and you don't even know it, but they're watching how you interact with your coach. Maybe your high school coach is at your middle school game and seeing how you interact with your own coach. So see how relationships, people are watching what's going on. And the same thing goes with the staff. You know, one thing that I try to watch when I want to go check out a team, and I'm not talking about scouting. Um, Scouting is something completely different, and I am focused on completely different things. But if I go watch a game, one of the things that I like to watch is how people treat the staff. So for 12 years running, I went to the NCAA college basketball first and second rounds of the tournament. I would plan it a year in advance. I would choose a location where I wanted to go to that particular location. Let's say um, Tampa, Florida. And so I would go ahead buy tickets from the NCAA, make my hotel reservations, and then when Selection Sunday came, whatever teams got sent there, that's who I got to watch. So I got to watch a lot of different um, college schools and teams, and that's one of the things as a young coach that I watch. I watch how players treat the staff. I get there early, I watch them warm up, and I pay attention, you know, how are the players interacting with each other? How are the players treating the managers? Um, How are the players treating the coaches and the, the director of basketball operations? How are the managers treating each other? How are the managers treating the coaching staff? Um, Because I was attending a tournament that – Four days ahead, I didn't know who was going to be there. I wanted to make sure that I was seeing things and learning. And 
one of the things that keeps flowing through my mind is my mentor as I was a young coach would say, you know, every day is basically an interview. And don't forget that, that how you work in your relationships that you build kind of determine your reputation. And that is so true. And so I guess the thing that I kind of learned the most about is who you surround yourself determines what people kind of think of you. And I'm going to give you a for instance. Um, I believe it was in Louisville, Kentucky. I got extremely lucky one year. Uh, It was close. I had a lot that I knew that was going to be happening that year. So I chose not to go to a beach location for the NCAA tournament. I thought, nah, I'm going to go to Louisville, Kentucky. I've never been to Louisville and really explored it. And I kind of looked at it and saw, you know, the Louisville Slogger plant is there. I can go to that. I can do some things on the off days. I got extremely lucky. Selection Sunday. WVU ended up being there. I don't follow WVU. I'll be one of the first ones. Yes, it's, this is West Virginia overtime. I don't follow WVU. Uh, we can go into why later. But anyway, um, UK ended up being there. Florida ended up being there. Some other schools ended up being there. But the thing that I want to talk about is I did not follow WVU. Yes, if they're on TV, I will watch them. Um, my sister and brother-in-law are huge WVU fans. And I, of course, knew of Joe Mozilla. Um, and the couple games that I had seen throughout the college basketball season, I liked how he played. I, you know, I didn't follow him. I didn't really read any articles about him. I didn't know anything about him. I didn't, you know, didn't really have a lot to do with him or anything. Um, Just had watched a couple games, liked I played. Get down to Louisville. Get Get there early and see him. Number one, I was there, like I said, extremely early. Joe was on the floor before anyone else. He had a relationship with a manager because he was out shooting the basketball. A manager was rebounding. He was doing different moves as far as, you know, driving and shooting layup, driving and pull-up jumper, driving one time, shooting a three. Um you know, doing a fake jab step, all of that, going through different things, goes into the locker room. I went to go get something to drink and all that. Uh, warm-ups get ready to start, see the team come out. You know, they're in layup lines. I'm seeing him interact with his teammates, you know, pushing, shoving, joking, high-fiving, um, kind of loose, interacting. But he's also interacting with the managers. 
you know, at one point walks over and don't know, I'm assuming he was not injured. I, I don't remember him being injured at that tournament or, you know, in that particular game or anything. Watched him walk over to near where the trainers were and kind of joking around and, um, you know, he must have been talking about his shot or something like that and was going through um, a shooting motion and everything, kind of joking around with them. Um, they get done. They go into the locker room. As they come out, I see the team, and, and I don't see Joe anywhere. He comes walking out with the coaches. And he's talking to the assistant coaches and I can see him, you know, pointing and, and kind of showing different things, the other teams on the other end of the floor, you know, I see him interact with Bob Huggins and I watch him during the game. I watch him talking to different referees at different times and, and patting them on the back or questioning a call, but never calling attention to it. Never where, you know, if you were watching it at home, never would you be aware that he was upset about a call because the the TV is going to, the camera is actually going to be on him and, and, and do that. Um, I watched them after they get done. He's shaking everybody's hand. And as he goes through the line and circles back around, he stops and talks two different coaches on the team that they played. And I have no clue what he said. You know, I wasn't down there. I'm not going to even pretend that I was down there. I don't have a clue what he said. Just saw him interacting with those coaches. Saw their body language. Saw, you know, the looks on their face. He, he was obviously saying something nice to them or saying something that they enjoyed because, you know, they weren't getting mad at him and wanting to deck him or anything. Saw him then go back near the scorer's table, slap hands with different people at the scorer's table. I don't know whether they were newspaper writers. I don't know whether it was the person keeping the book for them. I don't know whether it was the announcers. I, I don't know who it was. Saw him, you know, slapping hands and stuff like that. Saw him as he was headed to the locker room. People come out of the WVU student section. He's slapping hands with them. You know, I saw him stop and and give a high five to a little kid that, I don't know, six, seven years old. And just kind of watched how he interacted with everyone. How he made a way of connecting to people. And here I am, he never said a word to me before, the, during the game or anything. And I feel like I have a connection to him because of how he was. I pointed it out, you know, to the friend that was at the tournament with me. And that's one of the things that they said was they actually followed W. And uh, they they were talking about 
how everybody always says how great of a guy is. So when you go to the first and second round of the NCAA tournament on the first day, there's a afternoon session where two games are played, you have a break, and then you have a night session where two games are played. So you get to see four games in one day. I remember the WVU team coming out and sitting in the stands underneath a basket and going to watch the next game because that was going to be their opponent the day the next day after. And um, so if you play on Thursday, then then it would be their opponent on Saturday. Or if they play Friday, um, it would be their opponent on Sunday. I didn't bother to look it up. I I have no no clue, you know, what what they were doing. But anyway, I do remember them being under there. And I told my friend, I said, I want to meet him. And she said, what? And I said, I, I want to meet him. I, I want to go down there. And at the NCAA tournament, I mean, they don't have security guards or anything. We literally um, walked down to the section. Um, we were sitting kind of in the uh, bottom level in the corner kind of. And all we did was was kind of walk over there, walk down the, the steps and, and get to the reception. And he was joking around and stuff with, I don't know whether the guy was a manager or he was basketball, head of basketball operations or whatever, but he was joking around. He saw us kind of standing there waiting on him. And I didn't really know what to say as a young coach. Introduced myself and... Uh, said I just I just wanted to meet you because of how you showed yourself as far as how what great camaraderie that you have not only with your teammates but everyone around you and we actually had I don't know two minute conversation yes I could I could you know blow it up and say oh we talked for a half an hour no we didn't you know we had a two minute conversation I got a great feeling from him. So you know what? It didn't surprise me. Not one bit. To find out that after he graduated from WVU, that he became an assistant coach. It it did not surprise me not one bit. It did not surprise me that he became one of the young and up-and-coming rising coaches. It does not surprise me that he is an assistant coach for the Boston Celtics. Brad Stevens is one of my favorite um, college coaches at Butler, and then now he has went to the NBA, and I follow the Boston Celtics. Number one, because it was my dad's team and I grew up on them. But number two, because of Brad Stevens. But I have never forgotten that. And that story is how, as a player, you make connections with different people that you then later interact with. You never know the person that you meet 
that in high school when you're playing against Buchanan Upshur and that you're nice to, that parent um, that comes up to you and says thank you, that uh, parent or the coach that says, hey, you played a great game, the principal that comes up and says, hey, um, you're a great player, blah, 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 blah. Taking those couple minutes and making a little connection, following up with that connection, and then every couple months or so saying hi to them, you never know who they may talk to. And I just picked Buchanan Upshur out of the blue. I don't know any other coaches. I'm just going to be real honest with you. I don't know any other principals. Um, but can you imagine being nice to them, keeping in contact with them, and because of that, they mention you to Davis and Elkins? And because of that, you get recruited by Davis and Elkins. Or maybe you go to a different college. Maybe as a player, you go to, to Concord, you go to West Virginia State, you go, you know, to UC, you go somewhere, you graduate. But because you met that Buchanan Upshur coach or that parent or, you know, that principal or something like that, you decide, hey, I want to get into coaching. And they can make a connection and you get hired on as a director of basketball operations or something like that at Davis and Elkins. Imagine you graduate from UC and you decide, hey, I don't want to play or coach or have anything to do with football ever again. But I need a job. And you see where there's a place in Buchanan hiring right in your degree. Well, because you made that connection as a high schooler with that parent, with that other player, with that coach, with that principal, and you've kind of followed up. You can say, hey, I see there's a job opening at such and such company in Buchanan. What do you know about them? Are they a good company to work for? Well, they may write you back and say, oh, yeah, I own that. Or they may write you back and say, oh, my cousin works there, and you end up getting a job. That's what relationships can do for you as a player, as a parent, or as a coach. And you need to remember that. And then the thing is, they may turn into nothing and be able to help you in no way whatsoever. They may just turn into lifelong um, friendships or lifelong mentorship or something like that. And you say, what? Yeah. Maybe you have a one-way street. And so let me tell you this. As a middle schooler, I attended a day basketball camp. And I attended 
that same day basketball camp every year from middle school to high school. When I was a senior, I was asked to be a player camp counselor. I, I did that. As a young coach, I was asked to be a coach counselor. Well, as a player, as a middle school player, or as, and as a high school player, I was introduced to a very young lady at the time who was starting her college basketball coaching career. She had played at a school in Charleston that I followed her. And as a middle school kid, she was kind of like a hero. Um, she played college ball, became a assistant coach at Marshall University. She was friends with the person who ran this camp. And she, I, so I got to watch her basically for six years as uh, either a counselor or speaker. Didn't have, you know, a buddy-buddy relationship with her or anything. I knew who she was. She knew who I was. Um, I decided, hey, I want to go to Marshall. I want to major in sports medicine. I want to get into coaching. Um, my mentor uh, at I, I guess I was 18 years old. I was a senior in high school. He said, why don't you um, holler at Lynn Bria, who you've known from attending this camp, and see if, tell her what you want to do, what, what your future plans are, what your dreams are, and see if she has any advice for you. So I did. I picked up the phone, you know, I got in contact with um, a secretary down at the basketball office. We set up a time, and she called me. And I talked to her. Um, and I told her, you know, I, I really want to be a coach. I, I don't know whether I want to coach in high school. I want to coach in college. I want to come down and be part of the athletic training program at Marshall University. You know, I'm going to be there the following you know, year, it, do you have a vice for me? And she talked to me. Um, she spent probably 10, 15 minutes on the phone. And she said, are you sure you're coming to Marshall? And I, yeah, yeah, I am. And so she, she sets up a time and, and I have orientation, you know, in June pick my classes and all that and so she says what day are you scheduled and and I tell her she says you know why don't you you come down and uh actually meet with me and we'll sit down and talk and, and everything and I said well you know my parents are going to be there with me on the orientation she said that's great uh, you know that's not, not a problem so here I am I've just graduated high school I'm going down and I actually meet with her at the basketball office and she said, you know, I made some phone calls, and she had called my mentor. She had called my basketball coach. She had called um, different people in my era. And she said, you know, they talk about how you're a good student, you're, you're a good person, um, you know, that you go to church, you do this. And she said, how about you come down and work for us? 
how about, you know, we'll find things for you to do. Whether it be a manager, whether it be a statistician, whether, whatever. Uh, we'll also use you in practice and drills and stuff. She said, who knows? If you're decent enough, maybe we'll even let you walk onto the team or, or something like that. And I said, oh my gosh, that's, that's awesome. And she said, I can't give you a scholarship. I, I can pay for your books. I, after you do this for a year and you think, hey, is this what I like doing and stuff? And you stick with us and everything, you know, you'll work your way up and maybe we'll p play for room and board. Or we'll pay per diem or, or books and we'll work something out. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that you're going to allow me to be around a college basketball team. I never, never dreamed. And she said, well, we're going to see how it works out. And I really want to uh, make sure that you get the opportunity to learn basketball if that's what you really want to do. She said, so let's try this. And I've already talked to, you know, the head coach. And you can attend meetings. Um, you know, when I break down film, I can show you how to break down film. I can show you how to scout. I can show you how to do this. She said, you know, as you're here for the next four years, I don't care to work with you. And she said, you never know where that will end up. You know, you may decide you want to coach high school. You may decide, I want to just be an athletic trainer. She said, you may decide, hey, I want to be a college coach, whatever. She said, I'm all for giving people chances. And that stuck with me. So, um, I don't know. It was the last week of July, I guess. Third week of July, something like that. I find out through the news the head coach at Marshall left. She um, actually went down to Texas and took a different job. And I thought for, you know, a little while, I thought, oh my gosh, what if Lynn Brea becomes the head coach at Marshall? How awesome would this be? And, of course, then we find out because I'm kind of in a limbo. I still know I'm going to Marshall and all that. But um, I find out that they basically have let the staff go. And I thought, oh. And they hired a new head coach who obviously hired her own assistant coaches. And I wasn't sure what, what exactly would happen. I um, didn't have Coach Bria's number at that time. I couldn't pick up the phone and, and call. You know, I, I couldn't write her because the only address I knew was, was Marshall. The only phone number I had was at Marshall, and obviously she's not there anymore. I can tell you this. I can tell you what a great person Lynn Bria is. I received a letter in the mail. And it was on her her stationery. 
I still have it. She wrote me a letter and said, I haven't forgotten about you. I just wanted to let you know that I talked to the head coach and uh, she wants you to call her and she had a phone number and she wants to talk about, you know, your place on Marshall University's team and what you can do to help them out and everything. I know that you're wanting to go to Marshall. I have no idea at this second that she was writing the letter. She said, I have no idea where I will end up being. She said, however, I hope that you continue to keep in touch. Um, not going to continue my life story uh, as far as what, what all went down and how I ended up where I'm at and everything, but I do want to tell you that I took that to heart and I follow Coach me, Coach Bria on, you know, Facebook. I follow her on Twitter. I follow her on Instagram. I, after big wins, I s- still send her, you know, private messages, um, I still touch base with her on social media. I still, um, she is the head coach at uh, Stetson University down in Florida. Um, she has sent me things back saying, hey, if you're not ever down here in the area, you need to make sure that you come to a game. You need to make sure that, you know, when you come to a game that you come down and you say hi to me. And that's been years. I have no idea. I'm going to be real honest with you. I have absolutely no idea if I would walk in to a Stetson University women's basketball game that I would have the courage to go down and say hi to Coach Bria. She's a head coach of a major women's program. I don't know if she would remember me. She has not seen me since June after my senior year of high school. And I've seen her on TV. I've seen her do. She comes back here to West Virginia often. Her family still lives here. She still has connections here. Um, but I took a little break, as you, some of you know, from coaching. I have written her. And said, hey, um, do you do any certain inbounds place? Do you guys uh, do this or do that? Or what's your suggestion on this? Do you know that she's always answered? I don't know if she would know me from Adam. I don't know that if I walked up to her, I look totally different than what I did back then. I don't know that she would know me. I don't know that if I introduced myself, that she would have a clue of who I am. But do you know, because I've kept in touch with her, I feel a connection with her. I feel like I can write her and say, hey, when we're down by three with 12 seconds to go, should I... I call a timeout. 
if I call a timeout, should I draw up a play to try to hit a three-pointer to tie the game, or should I draw up a play where we hit a two-point and we immediately foul in order to get the ball back? I feel comfortable enough to write her. Because over the years, I've made the effort to continue with that connection. So players, parents, coaches, if you're listening to this podcast, connections and relationships are important. Whether they can ever help you get a job, whether they can ever help you get a scholarship, whether they can ever help you do anything in life, you still need to keep them. Because even though I took a break from coaching, I still kept in touch. I still congratulated her on her wins. I still asked her questions. I still told her, hey, I watched you guys on TV the other night and da-da-da-da-da. That's the thing. I'm now back into coaching And I feel like because I did that, because I told her congratulations, good job, Hatters, and I make comments, and I tag her and and stuff, I still feel like I have that connection that I can ask her questions, and she's fine with it. You never know. Guys, keep your connections alive. Keep your networks alive. Because you never know who can help you in the future, and what it can do. And that's one of the reasons why I have decided to start West Virginia Overtime. I felt like high school athletes, number one, were not getting enough recognition in the state for the great things they do. And by that, I don't only mean in their sports. And that's the reason why you see articles on West Virginia Overtime's Twitter page and on their Facebook page about a great athlete doing something in their community. Why you see articles or comments about something that a coach has done in their community. But... That's also why I put clinics out there. That's why I interact with the barstool accounts. Why I interact with the student sections. Why I I encourage different basketball players, football players, track players, softball players, tennis players, swimmers, whatever, to interact on West Virginia Overtime. That's why I encourage parents, send me stuff. Put it on, you know, West Virginia Overtime's Twitter. Send it to me in a DM. Send it to me on Messenger. Send it, Write me at wvovertime at gmail.com. I want to build connections. And I don't want you to build connections with me. I want to connect that coach that um, is in Hampshire High School. Hi, Enroll. Uh, I want to connect him with, you know, whoever in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, or, you know, in Parkersburg, or in Weirton. I want coaches to form connections. I want players to form connections. 
I want you guys to interact and network. And that is what this podcast has been about. Is making sure that you make the connection. That you make sure it's a good connection as far as someone that believes in what you believe. And stands for what you stand for. And then you make it a solid connection and then you continue to follow up with each other you can continue to congratulate each other or or be there when someone's down even if it's just a one word tweet hey keep your head up hey i'm sorry you lost that game hey great job you won the state championship make connections make them solid and keep them that's kind of the whole thing of this podcast so if you guys have any questions, comments, problems, or protests, feel free. Tweet me. Or hit me up on our Facebook page, West Virginia Overtime. Or you guys know you can always write me at wvovertime at gmail.com. And I look forward to talking to you guys probably next week about... Uh, some other different subject that's going on in West Virginia sports or how you can do something different or do something better. But I look forward to hearing from you guys. Make sure that you write me with any news updates, rumors, uh, if you guys want me to do a podcast on something or you need information on workouts during the coronavirus uh, pandemic, you guys want to know about clinics or anything like that, feel free to contact me. But I hope that you have a wonderful day, whatever day you're listening to this. And I hope to talk to you guys soon. Thank you guys for listening. I'll talk to you later.